Calvary Church is located in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, and is committed to impacting that community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Each week, one of our preaching team draw powerful life application truths from the Bible. Check us out here or online at calvaryptbo.church. Three days. Are you ready? Oh, good. Some of you are. Because, listen, the crunch is on, people. Three days in order to get the dinner ready, to get the house clean, to find those last-minute presents, like what you're going to get your favorite pastor. Listen, you only have three days to go, people. How many are stressed a little bit right now? Because that seems to happen around this time of year as well. That, uh, that the crunch starts to happen and we just seem to allow our stress level to get a little bit over the edge. Listen, we've all been there. We all, anybody angry? You know, you, listen, I, I get it. I get it. You're, you're, I, get, I, I totally get it. You did not expect that your coworker was going to be bringing in gifts for you and for everybody else, and now you feel compelled to do the same. I get it. You weren't expecting that, you know, crazy Uncle Leo to be arriving at dinner on Christmas Day, and now you have to scramble to find a bigger turkey. Listen, I get it. Anger can seem to arise during this Christmas season. Maybe, maybe it's been this for you, though. Maybe the Christmas season has opened up that can of worms. Remember what your sibling said to you or did back in the springtime and you vowed, oh, they're not coming to my house at Christmas. Maybe you've had moments like that that have been reopened and rebirthed at this time of year. And it's a little tense you don't want to see someone. Yeah, it's interesting. Christmas has a unique way of bringing out the best in us, but also has a unique way of bringing out the worst. We're in a four-week series. This is our last Sunday of our Christmas series called Travel Light. And uh, over the course of this series, we, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, we go through this journey called life, and we know that as followers of Jesus Christ, this isn't our, our final destination. We are actually just en route to our final destination. But as we journey through life, what seems to often happen is that we start carrying some baggage, and, uh, and as we go through life, we're, we're carrying more than what God ever intended us to carry. And so starting in week number one, we, we, we talked about what some of the things that we need to let go of. And, uh, and so we looked at letting go of control. Week number two, we looked at letting go of distractions. Week number three, we talked about letting go of stuff. And today, I want to conclude this series by talking about letting go of bitterness. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 of that book or that letter says in verse 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. One uh, psychologist 
defines bitterness as this, a chronic, and I love this definition, a chronic and pervasive state of smoldering resentment. And he regards it as one of the most destructive and toxic of human emotions. None of us are exempt from bitterness. There's just way too much stuff that happens in life that we are all prone to allowing bitterness to rise up in us. None of us is exempt. See, a little seed of offense, we allow it to just kind of take root. And before we know it, we have a bitter plant growing. The problem with bitterness is this, that it has two effects. It has a personal impact on us with, because of its poisonous root. Psychologists list countless personal effects that bitterness has on us as individuals. Things as simple as distracting us from fulfilling some of the things we know we need to do. But it also causes prolonged pain, mental stress in our life. It, it rises a, a level of distrust in us. It increases, because of our increased stress level, it, it's a taxing on our immune system. You become sometimes more infatuated with the one who wronged you and how you're going to get revenge on that person than it is then you're focused on other things of more importance. And the list goes on and on and on of some of the challenges that bitterness has on us personally. But it's not just a personal bitterness. There's a public impact as well. Because the poisonous root produces a poisonous fruit. In this passage of scripture of of chapter 12 verse 15, the writer says that be careful of that bitter root so that it doesn't defile the many. How many in your, you know that, that it only takes one person, one bitter person, to ruin something special? Take your life group as an example. You know, you've been working well as a life group, but all of a sudden somebody gets a bitter root, and the next thing you know, your life group's falling apart. Sports teams, I see it, I see it as I, I watch my kids playing, that that one bitter kid on the team just has, a, has a, an ability to ruin the whole team. Coworkers, you know, that one bitter coworker ruins the whole office. And we see it over and over. It doesn't take much, but one bitter person defiles the many and it causes others to become bitter. It becomes like a cancer that reeks through the situation. Bitterness just doesn't impact us personally. It impacts us publicly as well, the, the thing is, is that bitterness is so hard to see in the mirror. We don't, we don't often see it in ourselves. We don't, we don't see ourselves as bitter. But in actuality, we are at times. But we cannot heal from that in which we are unwilling to deal with. We... We, it's easy to justify bitterness, isn't it? We do it all the time. It's easy to justify bitterness. In a report on psychology today, in one of their articles, it says, rather than devoting yourself to actually healing from your hurt, you've instead become addicted to numbing it through a painkiller. The irony of the situation is, is that you have your painkiller or your anger or your bitterness, continue to work. 
And in order to, to keep it working, you have to keep that wound fresh and open. Now, I don't think we start out in life. I don't think I, w- I didn't wake up this morning going, oh, it's a good day. I think I want to be bitter. No, I don't think that's, that's our natural tendency. We don't, we don't start life like that. We don't start our days like that. But it does have a sneaky way of catching us off guard and finding its way in the cracks of our armor. And before we realize it, we have this bitter root growing. Maybe it's something that someone does to you. It's because, because they've done something, whether it be a family member whether it be a coworker, whether it be a roommate, you know, you know what it's like. I, I've, I've lived with different people, and, and it, it's so frustrating when uh, when you go into the kitchen and there's like dirty dishes that are left there, and you're seriously, can't you just wash your own dish? I just need a spoon, and you've taken them all. There's 14 right there that you haven't washed, you know. And and I know what it's like living with roommates. Sometimes that was me. I get it. I know what it's like with working with coworkers, and it's like seriously, they just they're not pulling their weight. And, uh, and so we find ourselves, can you just stop doing this? And we, we be, become bitter because of what somebody else has done. But maybe it's because of some, what somebody else hasn't done. Maybe it's you've reached out for help from someone, a friend, a coworker, somebody, a neighbor, a family member, and they haven't been able to produce to, for you the way you want them to produce. And so because they've chosen not to do something or they can't do something, you become bitter toward them. Maybe it's a wayward child because they don't see the same things that you see, the customs that you hold on to. Not your theology, not your belief in God, but your, your customs. And oftentimes we can get those two things confused. And as a result of that, you see this bitter root that's starting to rise up. Maybe it's somebody, something that a pastor has said to you. Maybe it's something you feel the government has neglected to do. But you, your bitterness is, is towards an individual because they didn't do something for you. See, the reality is I can't control how our government runs our country. Stink, I can't even control how you live. I can only control me. I can only control my thoughts. I can only control my actions. And the reality is the same goes with you. You can't control what others do around you, whether it be your spouse or your children or your boss or your employees or whoever else. You can control you. Your thoughts. Your actions. And as followers of Jesus Christ, because that's what many of us, and I, and I pray, even if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I pray that before the end of the day that you will be one. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are saying that we are committing our life to following the ways of Christ, to live in how he desires for us to live. And if that's the case, then we have to listen to what the writer of Hebrews is clearly telling us, and we cannot allow any bitter root to grow in us as followers of Christ. One commentator said on this passage of Scripture, it is important that God's people live 
as God's people. They are not to take their standard from the ungodly. He goes on to say, because of what they, that means the audience, the the people of Hebrews, because of what they now know of God's loving discipline, they must put forward their best effort. We must strive to live as God asks us to live. We must do our best, put forth our best effort in doing so. And one of the ways that we need to do that is to not allow the bitter root to take root. Now, there's two responses. Two responses I can see happening into, uh, as a result of a message like this. The first response is going to be that some will take this message, and you'll actually use this to fuel your bitter root. How often has that happened? That when someone points out something in our life that we choose to push back, we become defensive. We write that person off. And you may be sitting here thinking, even right now, about me. How dare he tell me I can't hold that against that person? Who is he to say this? He has no right. He has no idea. And the root spreads. Listen, I I get it. I know what that feels like. Justifying bitterness is way too easy. But that defensiveness is exactly what the enemy wants. It's exactly how he wants us to live. And we need to recognize that that defensiveness is that bitter root digging deeper in your soul this morning. Here's a big problem with bitterness. It doesn't always rear its ugly head for sometimes for weeks or months or even years down the road. We don't realize how bitter we have become. And if you're not careful, it will begin to play on your thoughts and on your beliefs. You know, I, listen, I know way too many people who've walked away from a faith in God, and I can stem it back to a time when they allowed a bitter root to develop in their life, and years later, they no longer are serving Christ. I've seen it happen way too many times from people that I would never have assumed would turn their back on God. People I've admired and respected and followed Only to have them turn away. Why? Because of a bitter root they allowed to grow in their life. Maybe you're even here today. And maybe you're coming to that point where you're like, you know what, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. I don't know if I have a faith in God anymore. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to think back five or ten weeks or months or years ago when you knew that your faith was thriving Think back to to that time and and think, what's changed? Why now have you arrived at this situation where you're no longer certain when you were so certain five or ten years ago? Could it be that someone has said something or done something to you and, and you allowed a bitter root to develop? so easy, so easy to do. But I want to inform you today, without dealing 
with that bitter root, you will continue to go down a destructive road carrying a heavy bag of bitterness, and I'm telling you, I can guarantee it will destroy you. And Jesus is inviting you this morning to travel light. He's inviting you to let go of the bitterness, to rid your life of that bitter root and walk in freedom. But in order to do that, you need to, you need to respond like I think some will choose to respond. This, a second group of people will choose to respond to the message today. Because I'm certain that some will take this message and you'll begin to rid your life of a bitter root. And in order to do that, we need to kill it. We need to kill the bitter root. And so I want to give us three ways in which we can kill the bitter root in us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32 says, Get rid of, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Get rid of all bitterness. You want to you wanna kill bitterness? First of all, we need to kill it with awareness. We need to get rid of all the bitterness in us. We need to be aware, of the, first of all, that there is bitterness. We need to recognize there is a bitter root in me. If i got to get rid of this, i gotta, I got to know that it's there. Who is it towards? Is it a family member that you're bitter towards? Is it an old friend? Is it a neighbor, a coworker, a boss, a pastor? Is it our government? Society? Or even God? Maybe you've allowed so much bitterness to grow in you that you're not even sure who you're bitter towards. Can you at least be honest with yourself and recognize the bitterness? When we recognize it, then we need, to, we need to come to him and say, okay, we need to kill this. We need to kill this. And so Jesus, I recognize. We need to come to him and just say, Jesus, I recognize. I have been holding this bitterness in my heart, and I need to ask you to forgive me. With an awareness comes an attitude of repentance. To just say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't live like this. I need to let this go, and I need your help. And so I ask you to forgive me today. We want to kill bitterness. We need to kill with awareness. Second thing we need to do, we need to kill with kindness and compassion. It's interesting. The laws of heaven are often opposite of that of human nature. When our human nature says, no, hold on, hold on to that bitter root. Don't let them go. Don't let them, don't let them, uh, don't be nice to them. Don't be kind to them. Don't do anything that's going to make them feel good. You hold, you make, you just make them pay. God says, "Mm, not so much. I want you to be kind 
and compassionate. It's, it's interesting, in verse 29 of that same passage in, passage in Ephesians 4, he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 3, verse 12 and 13 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Express kindness. Encourage others. Encourage the one in whom you've been bitter toward. Be compassionate. Be brokenhearted for that person, especially that person who's harmed you. One of the things that I do if, you know, because there are times, I'll, I'll admit, there are times that I hold a bitter root. Sometimes it's towards my spouse or my kids or you. Yep, sometimes you ain't just on my good books, okay? And I'm telling you, every time, every time I find myself, when I catch myself going, I can't do this, can't go down that road, I begin to pray a simple prayer, God, help me to see them as you see them. I pray it all, all the time. Help me to see, and I'm telling you, every single time my heart begins to break. Maybe not instantaneous, it may take a few times for me to pray that prayer. But for certain, every single time I begin to pray that prayer, Jesus, help me to see them as you see them. Break my heart for what breaks your heart. My attitude begins to change. And compassion begins to grow in me. Keep at it. Pray that prayer and watch and see how God can change your heart. If you want to kill that bitter root, kill with awareness. Kill with kindness and compassion. And third, kill with forgiveness. It's been said to forgive is to set a prisoner free. Only to realize the prisoner was me. See, every time you think of that person, every time that situation comes up, you need to to begin with saying, recognizing God, help me again to see them as you see them. And then state your mind out loud if need. State it and say, I refuse to hold this grudge because I have forgiven them. Again, in that article from Psychology Today, it says, Virtually every writer who has weighed in on the subject of bitterness has discussed its ultimate remedy is forgiveness. Interesting. I love it. I love it. Just proving again what Scripture says all along. You want to get rid of the bitterness in your life? Do what Scripture says, or you can listen to this guy too. Forgiveness. Forgiveness alone, it continues on, enables you to let go of grievances, grudges, rancor, and resentment. It's the single most potent antidote for the venomous desire for retributive justice poisoning your system. If this impulse hasn't infested you physically, it's at least afflicted you mentally and emotionally. 
Learning to forgive your violator facilitates your recovery from a wound that while it may not have originated from outside or may that while it may have originated from outside your body has kept alive that venom you synthesized within you. It can hardly be overemphasized that when you decide to forgive your perceived wrongdoer, you are doing so not so much for them, but for yourself. It's your welfare that's primarily at stake here. People, life is way too short for us to hold on to all this baggage. It's way too short. And Jesus is saying, why don't you travel through life light? Why don't you let go of all of these things? Let go of bitterness so that you can walk in the freedom that I'm asking you to walk in. This morning you may be here and you may be saying, you know what, that's me. I've been holding on to this bitterness for way too long. And I need Jesus to help me. I need Jesus to clean that out of me. To help me kill that bitter root. Well, this morning, let us start with awareness. You're going to work towards killing it with compassion and kindness and killing it with forgiveness. But this morning, maybe we need to start with that awareness and just asking God to forgive us first and foremost. I'm going to invite, invite the band to come back. And in a moment, they're going to continue in a, in a couple of songs of worship. <clears throat> but as they do that, maybe you want to wrestle with this a little bit. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? I need to deal with the bitter root. I want to pray with you. I want to invite everybody to just bow your head and, and close your eyes. I'd be naive to think that there's nobody here this morning that has a bitter root growing. And maybe just as a sign of faith, an act or a step towards killing the bitter root, you're willing to aware it, uh, to, to be aware of it, and you're just willing to raise your hand and say, yeah, Pastor Paul, can you pray with me this morning? Pray for me. I have a bitter root. Maybe just a show of hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many hands. People, if we don't deal with the bitter roots that grow in us, they will destroy you. Guaranteed. This morning, Jesus wants to help you. He wants to set you free. He wants to forgive you for that. But you need to come to him. And you need to simply say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this bitter root that I've allowed to grow in me. Forgive me for holding this grudge. Help me kill this root. I pray, and never give it life again. After the first service this morning, I had a lady come and 
and chat with me for a while, and her story is horrendous. But in the midst of that journey, she said, Paul, your, your message this morning is bang on. I can remember. I can remember. And she shared with me the moment where she had it out with God. And she ended up giving her bitterness to him and doing similar things of what I'm talking about this morning. <laughs> Listen, dealing with a bitter root doesn't mean that the problem's going to go away. She said to me, she goes, Paul, the very person that I was bitter with, just a, a week or two later after I dealt with God, gave me a call and invited, wanted to come to our Thanksgiving dinner. And I just kind of chuckled. Because <laughs> God has a unique way of dealing with us in, in unique ways like that. It's almost as if he says, are you serious? Let me, let me help you prove that I'm here to help you through this. Let me put the person right back in your life. He has a unique way of doing that. But we, we have that moment to say, okay, am I serious about letting go of the bitterness or will I actually take it back and maintain that bitter root? And we gotta kill it, we gotta kill it well. I don't know what God has in store for you this morning. I want to pray for you, but I don't, I don't know what God has in store for you this morning. But may this be the beginning steps of you letting go of that bitter root and killing it for good. So Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are here today. Lord, there may be many more that have that bitter root growing, but they're holding on for whatever reason. Would you help them understand the need to let it go, the need to kill that root. Help us, Jesus, to walk in the freedom that you are giving us in you. Help us to understand that we're holding ourselves captive by maintaining this bitter root. Jesus, we need your strength. We need your help. We need you to lead us and guide us through this, that we can kill it and kill it once and for all. So Jesus, free someone here today, I pray. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Ian and the team are going to lead us in a couple of songs, and kids are taken care of for a number of moments. You don't need to rush out of here if your children are in the children's program. But you can take time now. If, if you are here and you've said, Jesus, I want to get rid of this bitter root. Maybe you still need to wrestle with him a little bit longer, and so feel free to do so. But I want us to be able to stand and praise God for what he's doing in us. You may not necessarily feel like you can yet, but just because you, doesn't, you don't feel like it doesn't mean that God hasn't forgiven you. And so I want to encourage you, as Ian leads us, if you're ready to worship God and say, thank you, God, for the freedom that I have in you, then I want us to be able to stand to our feet and just sing this song as an anthem to God and know that it is well with us. All is well because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And so we can walk in freedom. For those of you who need to go, you're free to go. Thank you for coming, and we pray that you'll be here tomorrow night or Tuesday night for our Christmas Eve service. But may God go with you, walking in freedom and killing that bitter root. God bless.